This is Nick Costos of CBS Sports HQ and Sportsline, and you are listening to the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast with my guy, the host with the most, Tim Monk. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Today is the 12th of October. Week 6 is just obviously finished yesterday, obviously with uh, the Eagles smashing the Giants, which we'll get to shortly. Um, we're glad you've tuned in with us. Uh, on the show today, obviously we're going to be joined by Lee and we're going to be going through all the rest of the Week 6 matches. We're going to be previewing all the best bets for Week 6 with Adam uh, Wolford of Touchdown Tips, who had a massive monster uh, win last week so keep listening for that uh, of course we have our kickers corner giving you the kickers to sit and start for week six but also another special little segment for you today and boy am i looking forward to this it's called the jason garrett corner um and i'm just going to let it speak for itself um when, when we get there because uh, it's just great and um, we're just going to be we're just going to be talking about uh, some decisions by coaches or players so you look forward to that but slee we welcome you in uh it's friday night uh, as always, um, you know we have nothing better to do than, than talk about fantasy football. But I uh, hope you're keeping well. Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, nothing better to do. But yeah, got work tomorrow myself, so uh, this is uh, the highlight of my weekend. It's going to be absolutely, absolutely. And so today, before we uh, before we get into the uh, the week six slate, just a couple of things, bits of housekeeping to take care of. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us um, about absolutely anything, uh, start sit decisions, trade decisions. Uh, opinions on you know what you know the games obviously is a London game this weekend at Wembley Seattle and Oakland but um you know the DMs for the uh, Twitter po- the Twitter for the podcast at full ten yards is open certainly messages just uh, you know just log on to there and just send, send us a message we'll be more than than happy to answer those for you our personal handles are at Tim underscore Monk eighty five and Lee is at Wakefield ninety. Don't forget that obviously we are the month of October. We are giving away a free NFL jersey. So head over to our Twitter, uh, retweet the pin tweet, and reply to that message with the hashtag F10YJersey uh, with your name and your size. Please don't for- make sure you have all three of those. Uh, quite a lot of people this week uh, have not obviously done all three and had to obviously nudge them because obviously we don't want them to miss out on the draw. That would be mean, wouldn't it? Um, and also last call, last call for the last man standing uh, competition. The winner of that will get a free full 10 yards bit of merchandise. So obviously that's well sought after, sought after bit of merchandise. And obviously don't forget, you can introduce the show. Uh, and how can you do that? I hear you ask. You can go over to our, our Twitter once again, follow the uh, the tweet about the voice bites uh, link and just submit a, a short uh, voice message for the show. And we will play the best ones uh, each and every podcast. And also another reminder that obviously we're still looking for a fantasy football writer for the with the website full10yards.com. So again, you know, give us a, if you're interested in that, just DM us or message us on Twitter or, uh, or on Voicebyte. Just leave a message and we'll we'll go back to you and uh, hopefully we can get you on board. Um, I think that's pretty much it. That's all the housekeeping items. I will actually wait. So we've got a couple of people, a couple of shout outs today. Uh, again, if you want a shout out, let us know. But the uh, two shout outs today, Darren Fleming, uh, who is a Leeds, a Leeds United and a uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, fan. And he's actually from Wakefield. So Lee, obviously, that's, that is your last name as well. Um, right. I'm not sure if is that your twin brother, maybe? It's like the Holy Trinity, isn't it? It's what everyone should be, really. <laughs> all about blue, white and yellow. Yeah. 
Yeah, very, very strange. Uh, very, very small world. Uh, that's probably a bit of a yeah, bender. Very weird coincidence. Uh, yeah. yeah, very, very strange. It was quite odd to come across that on Twitter uh, yesterday, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> If you had if you had a three way Venn diagram where you had lived in uh, sorry supported Leeds United supported Los Angeles Chargers and lived in Wakefield, or had yeah he would he'd be yeah he'd be just be just him uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah there we go and then the uh, the other shout out Ryan Fox new listener welcome on board my friends hopefully you can uh, stay for the advice uh, come for the advice and stay for the jokes um, yeah. Welcome, welcome yeah. you on board. And anyone else new to the show, obviously had an influx of Twitter followers this week as well. So welcome to each and every one of you. If you want to shout out, give us a, give us a DM and we'll, we'll happy to do so on the future podcasts. Um, let's get into week six then, Lee. Um, obviously, week six, I mean, it goes, goes really fast, doesn't it? It does. It's fine by, isn't it? Yeah, I just want to say, just going back to what you just said, yeah, thank you to all the new followers. Uh, yeah, and all the new mes- the new messages that we get, um, obviously getting quite a lot of attention in this jersey competition at the moment. Well, hopefully, hopefully you all stay around for when we're not giving away free stuff, and hopefully you'll be in for more competitions in the future. But yeah, thanks to everyone. Um, it really means a lot to us all. We really appreciate it. Mm. But yeah, let's get into Thursday night. Um, obviously, when you introduced the podcast, you were quite happy uh, that the Giants got smashed in your words. So uh, as a as an NFC East guy, do you want to take this one first? Yeah, I mean, the Giants just didn't show up, did they? Um, the Eagles kind of got going a little bit. Uh, and it was just comfortable, wasn't it? The, the Obviously, the first drive from Eli Manning intercept, tipped interception uh, and then kind of just unravelled from there. OBJ couldn't take it couldn't take it before half-time and left to, for the locker room early for some IV. Um, I can't, don't know what... Uh, I, I was trying to come up with a witty a witty remark for what IV meant, but um, yeah, I, I couldn't come up with it. But so yeah, uh, missed opportunity there, shall we say? Um, but yeah, comfortable for the Eagles, which is a bit unfortunate, unfortunate because that the handicap the handicap line moved from three three points to one point, and I thought, oh, hang on a minute, everyone's absolutely lumping on the Giants here. The conditions weren't great, um, but unfortunately, the Giants were the hot garbage we all thought they were. Yeah, it was like you say, it was a big win for Philadelphia. They were out of sight by half time, twenty four to six. And yeah, he, um, Odell's spitting his dummy out again. Uh, I'm not sure how much I believe of this IV story. No. Uh, just to me, it seems that Pat Sherman's just maybe losing the dressing room a little bit, even at this short or this early stage in his career mm. as the Giants head coach. Obviously, Odell has spoke out about Eli Manning. Uh, he's head in cooling fans just before he goes down, this bit down the tunnel for, you know, a quote unquote IV. Mm. You know, he's a, he's a highly tuned professional athlete. You know, the peak of his power that surely doesn't need, he's not dehydrated, doesn't need an IV at half time. Yeah. Uh, it just smacks of a bit of uh, indiscipline and uh, maybe, like I say, Pat Sherman's lost the, lost the dressing room the same way that the previous uh, Giants head coach, Ben McAdoo, did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, flipping over, to, flipping over to Philadelphia, it was easy. Uh, also, on Jeffrey's back, he's got a couple of touchdowns and, and uh, 74 yards on eight catches. So not the most explosive yards for catch, but obviously he's that valuable security blanket while Wentz works himself back from his injury. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's an easy night for the Eagles and uh, the Giants just looking quite sorry at the moment. And like you say, hot garbage is probably about right for them at the moment. Yeah, the Eagles come out with it with a couple of injuries. Um, who's, the, who's the one that, that done his biceps? Was it Jason Peters? Yeah, and it's been, I think Sidney Jones has Sydney been Jones, injured yeah. as well. He's going to come on to that one corner. Yeah, so obviously one to monitor. Obviously, the uh, both lines there struggled a little bit um, yeah, this first part of the season. So it'd be interesting to see how much of those injuries uh, affect those. But yeah, I'm not not really going to take too much time. The the Giants build my build my hopes up and then just da- absolutely dash them. Um, and uh, yeah, Eli Manning's done, um, and you can't even blame Eric Flowers anymore. So 
I think if there's nothing else left to say, I suppose that we should move on to Sunday. I, I suppose, um, do you not want to give a quick mention to Saquon Barkley? I'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for a bit later on. Okay. We'll, we'll, sa- we'll save that for the uh, Jason Garrett corner. Fine, um, fine, 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 fine. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's move on to Sunday then. So first game up, Arizona at Minnesota. Minnesota, 10-point favourites in this one. The over-under is 43. Um, Minnesota obviously put up a decent showing. They're starting to look like they're going to get going now. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, has been practising. He logged a full practice, I think, today. Um, he but I think He'll probably still carry a, a questionable des- designation, I'd have thought, for Sunday. Uh, I haven't seen it off the top of my head. Um, but I don't really see anything over here than a Minnesota win. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has elevated his, his, his level over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. And this, as we move through the games, this could become quite a theme. So I think there's going to be quite a few lopsided uh, contests this week. Yeah, this could be an absolute mauling for me. Uh, this is, I would say, the worst team in the NFL uh, going away uh, to a difficult place uh, against a good team. And I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big one for the Vikings. Uh, the likes of Linval Joseph, Sheldon Richardson, Daniel Hunter on that on that uh, defensive line just going to be licking their chops at the offense, uh, the offensive line they're going to have to face. Uh, I think this actually could be the game where Josh Rosen dies. To be honest, <laughs> I'm really in, really fearing for him. I really don't hope, hold that much hope for them. Uh, it's a big one. So if we're talking fantasy football, uh, start everything in purple. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I wouldn't even start David Johnson this week. Um, I, ver- I I had the decision this week, and it absolutely boggles my mind that I'm making this decision. I'm choosing between David Johnson and Austin Hooper. That's that's how for, for my flax. That that's how much I don't believe David Johnson. He's going to get the volume. He's obviously going to get you know a couple of odd points. But just from a ceiling perspective, he has he has the he has the ceiling of a bungalow. He's not going to get anything whatsoever. Um, you know, yeah. I can't even see yeah. him scoring a touchdown. So you know, I'm not I'm not going to play David Johnson just on name on name value, just hope, in the hopes that he, he gets uh, a touchdown. He should, you know, that that guy, how talented he is, he should be getting touchdowns every week. But obviously, he had a couple last week. Um, but I just fear for his his chances. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is a stupid uh, fantasy play to, to just play people on names. They've got a bad matchup. If they've got bad circumstances, which. Mm. Uh, David Johnson obviously has this week. Then just don't play them. It doesn't matter that you spend the fifth overall pick on him, or mm. uh, you know have whatever people would have spent on him. Yeah, just don't play him. Yeah. But it just brings me back to something that I asked you a few weeks ago: is that you know is it time to trade him? I know um, you're a David Johnson owner. Yeah. Are you thinking about? I I, I, mean, I I've tried to trade him this week. Uh, yeah, I've tried to trade him this week. Um, there's still an offer waiting there. So it's a three. It's a three for free trade. So I'm not going to bore everyone with the details. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to shop him. He's got a good matchup yeah. next week against Denver potentially, and then uh, in San Francisco again the week after before the bye. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and try and send him now. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, one, no, I'm, 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 I'm one, one and four. I think when I asked you this a few weeks ago, I think I said that I would do it. I would have done it a few weeks ago, but yeah, I'm definitely on board now even more. Yeah. No. Okay, yeah, obviously, just word of warning, obviously, the last time Minnesota were double-digit favourites, they lost to Buffalo uh, in a stomping. So, there is that, I suppose. But let's move on to another potential stomping. Uh, the aforementioned Buffalo Bills travel to Houston. Again, 10-point underdogs here, Buffalo. Over-under is 41. Uh, is this another case of just start all the Houston Texans and sit all the Bills? Uh, it could be. It really could be, because if you look at the... If you look at the defensive line or the pass rushers for the Texans, you know, you've got JJ Watt, Clowney, Mer- Whitney Merciless. Uh, they can create a great deal of pressure, and Josh Allen has struggled horrendously when he's been under duress this season. So that could be a, a massive key to the game. Uh, but you know what? This, this Bills defense isn't quite bad, isn't that bad. 
Um, so if they're, they're just on the field a bit too much. So what did you say the the, the sorry the line was ten? Uh, yeah, that's that's too big for me. Uh, I think Houston will win, but I don't think it'll be by that much. Mm. Um, so if I'm a te- and you know if I'm a Texans fan, I'm hoping it's that much. If I'm a Deshaun Watson fantasy owner, which I am, I'm hoping it's that much, mm. and I'm hoping that he makes a statement in this game. Um, but it's whether they whether they will. I'm not sure it'll be by ten. To be honest with you. I think Houston will win by a decent margin, but it might be close until late on. I think they might pull away late on, but I don't see it being by 10, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'll see Houston coming off the back of two overtime wins. Uh, Deshaun Watson obviously has a bit of a chest injury this week, but I don't think his status is in doubt to play uh, come Sunday, 6 o'clock, uh, our time, obviously. Uh, but yeah, no, Buffalo have, have done okay. I, I don't mind Deshaun McCoy either, uh, although you know, the, the Houston defence there limited Zeke Elliott to, to under 60 yards, I think it was last week on the ground, and pretty good against uh, the, the mobile quarterbacks as well. So yeah, could, could, could be ugly. With and that's with Dallas offense line, which is obviously if you look at the Bills, that it's not even a comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, um, let me let me ask you this: so if if the Bills lose, is this going to be the last time we see Shady in a Bills uniform? Potentially, they do they trade him and just start the tank. Yeah, obviously that's the theory. Obviously going round, um, I think we have to wait and see. If I gun to my head, I probably say that McCoy gets traded because Buffalo don't need a a thirty year old running back, do they? Um, yeah, no. there's no point uh, keeping him there. Oh, yeah, be interesting. Yeah, be interesting to see. Obviously, it's more likely than uh, he he goes to Philadelphia than Le'Veon Bell. But um, yeah, you have to obviously wait and see uh, on that one. Nothing left for me left in this game. Should we move on? Uh, yeah, definitely. Just want to just want to make just a little comment about um, the Le'Veon Bell to Philadelphia chat. They don't have the cap space unless they trade quite a big contract to the Bills. So I don't think that'll happen. No, I think that's. Non-starter. No, I think with the Le'Veon Bell, might as well mention it a little bit. I think Le'Veon Bell will come back and just split the split the workload with Connor. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger has been uh, asking for James Connor to get carries when Bell comes back. So yeah, mm. um, yeah, it'll be week week seven or week ten. Um, week ten is the cut-off point in which he will sort of. I think it's like a contractual cut-off point. I can't remember the exact details, but if he doesn't play after week ten, then I think he voids a, a season of. What's it called? Tag. Help me out. Yeah, yeah, no. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he, like, he, he, he can, season, season just doesn't count. He's not like an accrued season. Yeah. That's the right terminology. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like a waste of time for everyone. So I think he'll play week 10. Uh, it's the very latest. It'll, it'll sort of suit up. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to... I've just seen it, actually. I've got the game in front of me here, and I can't help but just say, car wash. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's like Carolina Panthers at Washington Redskins. Uh, <laughs> I've not seen that. No, I've just I just saw it in front of me. I was like, car is car was. So I was like, car wash. Ah, car wash, lovely. Um yeah. Unfortunately for everyone, all you listeners out there, that's not as bad as it gets. Uh, you wait wait for Jason Garrett's corner. Well, but... When I uh, when I write my notes, I do them by the team names rather than the, the location. So I've got Panthers and Skins on my notes here. So I don't have as, as much fun as that. I've got car wash. Um right, car wash. I I can't <laughs> Uh, Carolina obviously coming off the bye last week, and Washington get absolutely curb stomped uh, by the Saints in the uh, in New Orleans. Uh, Carolina one point underdogs uh, over underline here is forty four point five. I think it's a bit of a trap game this one. Uh, I think Washington are in a good bounce back spot. Although I do expect Carolina to come away with a win, even if they are one point underdogs. Carolina I think are the slightly better team, but I think it's a bit of a bounce back spot here for Alex Smith. He, whenever he has a bad game, he always usually bounces back. 
Yeah, he does. He does. Um, but yeah, I've got Panthers down as well as uh, who had the back in, even with that one point uh, being given to the Skins on this one. Uh, I think the two middle of the, the two teams that are middle of the pack for me. They both got the good points. Both got the bad points. Uh, but I feel like the Panthers have got a few more playmakers, uh, both on offense and defense. I think they've had uh, a big signing with Reed at safety. And I think the onus is on Christian McCaffrey again, so he's going to be like an obvious star. Yeah. I mean, you're probably not going to be dropping Christian McCaffrey at the moment anyway, but um, yeah, he's he's going to have the onus on him to win this game for the Panthers. I think him and Cam Newton. Yeah, obviously watch out for Greg Greg Olsen in this game. I don't, I don't think he'll play personally, but obviously he's eyeing a return. And Adrian Peterson for the Washington Redskins. And Chris Thompson as well, yeah, questionable for Sunday. Uh, Peterson, obviously, with the sprained shoulder. Uh, I can't remember what Chris Thompson's injury is off the back of my off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, it could be an interesting, could be a high score, a sneaky high scoring on this one uh, with that line at 44.5. Could be, could be a bit higher than that. Um, but it's a game I'm going to save it away from from a betting purpose. Um, but fantasy wise, I'm going to start Cam Newton. I'm going to start McCaffrey, like you say. I'm not really going to start anyone else really on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, maybe maybe a defensive fat Alex Smith does, continues to to play poorly. Uh, on the Washington side, I'm not really interested in anyone uh, from a pass catching standpoint. Uh, Jordan Reed didn't really get get him, was invisible, wasn't he, against New Orleans? Um, so I'd, I'd maybe expect him to have a bit of a bounce back, but. Uh, Carolina's defense is a bit is is, is decent, um, so yeah, it's not really many. Fan- although it could be high scoring, not really many fantasy points. To I don't really know where they're going to go. No, like I said, they're two very middle of the road teams uh, with their playmakers. They're not anyone who stands out. The depth players, yeah. uh, most people, yeah. uh, apart from McCaffrey, maybe Newton as well. Yeah, uh, Alex Smith in deeper league, like we said, and yeah, you've just had a good good run through. And um, the the people that I would be aiming for most uh, would be apart from those that I've just mentioned would be. Peterson and Thompson, but like if we've said, they've got injury designations, and uh, if they do play, they might be limited, which is obviously something you want to avoid um, yeah. on Sundays. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to, I'd rather have Thompson over Peterson just because of the pass catching. Oh, he, oh can, he, he, he can do both. Definitely. Yeah, right, okay. All right, let's move on to another team that come off the bye uh, from week five. Chicago travel to Miami. Three point five favorites are Chicago. Over under here is also quite low, forty one point five. Uh, but two, I suppose, two offences that aren't the most high pa- highest powers of offence. But I really like Chicago in this game. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd favour them slightly. I've got a, just a couple of questions, one for one for each team on this one. So just to start off, the Dolphins, like, can they step up and can they bounce back in a winnable game uh, and hold on to the Patriots' coattails and sort of keep that playoff team, the playoff dream, sorry, alive? Um, obviously, they've had that great start. Now they've had a bit of a setback. The Patriots are now ahead. This is time to step up. This is time to step up and show sort of their real self, um, and keep either keep track with the Patriots, keep on track, and or they're going to fall back, and everyone's just going to be like, "Well, they had the easy start," which is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, you've got the Bears' offense. They've come off their a huge win. It finally clicked on offense. I've been banging the table uh, for a few podcasts now about the Bears' offense and how it'll hopefully click. And now they've had the bye week. They've had a long time prepare for a, a winnable game. It's a winnable game for both teams uh, for this one. And, uh, yeah, they, they need to show us whether that uh, blowout was a flash in the pan or whether they can keep rolling and, and uh, you know, become a, a bit of a force now in a, in a really, really good division. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> for this one, it could be that you start everyone or start no one because you don't know which way it's going to go. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, for me, for me, it's quite simple. Start the Chicago Bears defence. That offensive line's a bit banged up on the left-hand side. Um, and you know Khalil Mack all day long is, is going to get a, a, a decent game and this defence is, is legit and I just don't see Miami getting anything going personally 
Uh, I think it's quite clear cut. Start Jordan Howard. I think they could have quite a lot of uh, short yardage, short fields uh, on the back of sacks, strip fumbles, interceptions, or what have you. I, do, I really don't rate this Miami offense. Miami offense. Um, so I'm quite happy to shock to start uh, Chicago's defense and Jordan Howard. Pass catchers is a bit more difficult to maybe try and identify who to play. Taylor Gabriel obviously had a big game last week. Uh, Zayvon Howard, the uh, Miami corner, uh, obviously will shut down whoever he's covering. But um, you know, people in the slot, Alan Robertson, Taylor Gabriel, often run out of the slot. They could have decent games as well. But you know, if you're playing these kinds of people, you're not you're not expecting. You're more hopeful, I suppose. But um, yeah, apart from uh, Jordan Howard and the Chicago Bears defense, it's it's all uh, cross your fingers type stuff. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a shout-out to Tariq Cohen as well, uh, even though he's been a bit banged up recently, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, not sure, I haven't heard Tariq Cohen, but obviously they've had the bye week, so should be all right. Yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, um, but yeah, I would go with you. I'd, I'd go with the Bears if someone put guns in my head. Um, like I say, their, their defence is putting them over the top on this one. It is turning into a really, really good defence now, especially with the addition of Mack, and they've got Eddie Goldman. Um, and Floyd coming off the edge as well and you've got some really good linebackers there with, with Leonard Floyd and you've got some good safeties in uh, Jackson and uh, the other guy's name escapes me Freddie Jackson's top quality safety uh, so they're bringing you know stars in all three levels now of that defence so that's going to be a real one to watch in the coming years yeah okay let's move on uh, Indianapolis Colts two point underdogs at the New York Jets 45.5 is the total here uh, obviously, New York Jets uh, walloped the Denver Broncos last week, uh, and the Colts obviously have had had the first night game. So Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck's arm should have recovered by now, if there are any lingering doubts. But this one is another trap one. I could certainly see Indianapolis um, come in and and win this one. Uh, and also, you know, shout out to to Chris who I've had a kind of a bit of a mate's bet with uh, about Sam Darnold in this one. He thinks uh, he, Sam Darnold won't throw for over two hundred and fifty yards in this one. But if Andrew Luck comes in and lights up this uh, Jets defense, he's going to have to throw. And obviously, from last week's showing, he's not afraid to to throw the long bomb anymore. There's going to be all sorts of throws in this game. Andrew Luck's been throwing, the last couple of weeks, as we were mentioning, he's been throwing around 60 passes a week. He's going to do it again against the Jets because their defense is terrible. And, and that, like you say, that's going to mean that Donald's going to have to come and do it. So I would definitely side with, if you're going over under 250 yards for your bet, it would definitely be over for Donald for me. Um, it's probably going to be a quite high-scoring game, I would say, because both defences aren't great. Mm. And I think this could be the game where Andrew Luck kind of re-announces himself to the NFL world, in a way. Yeah, yeah, good. Because yeah. um, he's been throwing quite a lot of yards, he's been throwing quite a lot, but he's not been getting any wins. And then I think this is one that's there for taking for both teams, but I think the Colts could take it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Luck's going to be throwing it all over. So it's going to be good for fantasy all over the place, really. Yeah. Um, you know, start Hines uh, out of the backfield for Colts. Obviously, he's been getting receptions and yards on the ground yeah. um, but then you could flip it over to the Jets side and you could say exactly the same because they're going to have to keep pace with the Colts and you could start Robbie Anderson you could start in none the Jets running backs had a great week last week so you've got to keep faith in them a little bit because the Colts aren't stopping in on the ground either they'll start everyone this is a game between two poor teams but it's great for fantasy I think it means it'll be high scoring. Yeah, a couple of players obviously you don't want to start. T.Y. Hillon and Jack Doyle. I think they've both been ruled out already for this game. Uh, Quincy Numar, just a word one, had no catches last week. Had a couple of targets, had a, a would-be touchdown that he dropped. But he was wearing a hand brace last week. So just uh, maybe just watch that one just before. You know, If you've got other options, maybe on your bench, maybe start them over, over Quincy. Uh, Robbie Anderson's obviously a boom or bust type guy. So if you need to swing for the fences, uh, he is your guy in this game. Uh, but don't you know, expect either a duck egg or you know, loads of points. Um, but yeah, it could be, could be quite an entertaining one, this one. 
uh, maybe defenses might will get involved as well. But um, yeah, we shall we shall see. Uh, let's move on to the Chargers at the Browns. Chargers just one point. Uh, Chargers are one point dogs in this one, uh, which was slightly surprising to me considering the Cleveland Browns. Uh, don't usually score that many, but you know, Chargers away from home. Cleveland is a hard place to go to in the month of October. I think this one's going to be a chilly one. The over underline is forty five. Lee, take it away. Okay, so yeah, this is going to be a, this is going to be a tough one for Chargers. I think I think this is a sort of game where people are looking at it and people are going to say, well, the Chargers are going to charge. Are they going to lose to the Browns? Well, the Browns aren't as bad as they you know want to win the last couple of years. Yes, it's always tough to go out east. It's always tough to go out east against a tough defense as well. So check all those boxes. So as a Chargers fan, I'm really hoping that Russell Okung is back, playing on that left side of the line. Otherwise, I'd be very concerned about a certain Miles Garrett wrecking the game for us. Um, you know, the, the past defense is down for us as well this year. Uh, Case Hayward and Trevor Williams aren't quite at the level that they were uh, over the past 12 months. So it might Baker might have some opportunities to make some plays. But he's got to avoid turnovers. Um, so I think this is where the game's been won and lost. Uh, he opened up, obviously, on his, in his, his debut against the Jets. Played great, um, but over the last few weeks, his ball security has not been great. A few sat, uh, sorry, a few fumbles, a few interceptions, and that's what he's got to avoid. On the flip side, obviously, you've got um, a really experienced quarterback in Philip Rivers. That's only complete. He's only made one turnover uh, so far this season. Hoping that'll stay the same. Um, but I think we'll just edge this one because I think we've got the better team. Uh, I think it'll be a really tight game, though. Uh, I think that one point line either way. I think it's really, it's really spot on. To be honest with you. Mm. Um, my start for this one, even though he, you know, it's not, it's quite an obvious one. It's Melvin Gordon. He's just become a touchdown machine at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it will be, a, it will be a close one uh, for me. There's a couple of things on this one. So, uh, Philip Rivers has the best passer rating against pressure. Um, so yeah, there is that. He's obviously, obviously, Eckler and, and Melvin Gordon are, are a big part of that. Um, but also, the, the teams, teams traveling from the west coast to the East Coast uh, on 1 p.m. games, obviously 1 p.m. their time games, um, don't, yeah. ha- don't, don't have a great record. So the Chargers might start no. off slow in this one. So if you're, if you're people that like kind of edges like that, maybe bet on the Cleveland Browns in the first half. Um, first half line, obviously it'd be probably about 10 to 11 pick them because obviously the line is just the one point. But generally, the you know, West Coast team going to, to East Coast for one o'clock games usually struggle the West Coast team uh, to, get, to get going because obviously it's 11 o'clock at their, their time if they would be playing at home. Uh, in, uh-huh. in in their time zone, but yeah, again, you know, start Melvin Gordon. The, the pass catching, this um, the, the weather conditions, I don't think are supposed to be too clever. Not supposed to be terrible, um, but I think there's going to be a, a bit of wind, a bit of rain. Um, I say again, it's up up in the north there for in, in October, November, and Cleveland again is a, is a difficult one to go to. So um, I think Baker Mayfield is going to have a great game. Uh, Jarvis Landry PPI is going to be an absolute machine. He's the one for all your DFS. Uh, play is, Jar- is, is Jarvis. Um, I think Rashad Higgins is out for this one as well. So Antonio Callaway will probably see a lot more snaps than he normally would do. He's won maybe uh, a, a deeper leagues. Um, but yeah, defences, I don't mind playing those because these teams are prone to, to turnovers. Uh, Rivers has obviously been a lot better this year, uh, but he, you know, he's always got that in him with the way he throws. Still, it's a really weird throw. Uh, but Baker Mayfield should have, should have a decent game. Carlos Hyde should get a lot of a lot of action, but so just beware of uh, Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson there. Obviously, they had a lot more snaps last week, uh, percentage-wise, than they have weeks one through four. But yeah, really looking forward to this one. I'll probably watch this game uh, as well as the uh, the Seattle game. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, just a was uh, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb owners. The Chargers' run defense has actually been much better uh, this year, so I've maybe a, bit, a word of warning on that one a little bit. 
Um, and just going back to what you said about Philip Rivers and his passer rating under pressure, doesn't he have the highest passer rating overall this season, just in general? Uh, possibly. I think I think so. I think he's a, he's a very under-the-radar MVP shout. I think it's about 116 or something like that, which is obviously pretty, pretty high over a five-game span. Yeah, no, very good. Yeah. Say, he's criminally yeah, underrated so. in fantasy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And obviously, you've always banged the drum for him. So, uh, yeah, credit to you for that. Okay, uh, let's move on then to one of the uh, one of the more exciting games of the weekend: Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, AFC North. Let's get it on. Uh, Cincinnati, one point five favourites. Uh, and as you'll hear from Adam later, he is very, very confident about a Cincinnati Bengals win. Um, under over under fifty one and a half. Obviously, this one so points are expected. How do you see? Do you see points everywhere for everyone? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's going to be a high scoring one, I think. Um, and it's going to be a bit spicy. Always is, isn't it, between the Steelers and the Bengals? Um, but is this the game where the Bengals finally beat the Steelers? Mm. They've got a habit. The Bengals of of not playing well against the the Steelers and just beating themselves sometimes. Um, you know, this is the time where the Steelers are down. They, if they win, they can take control of the AFC North. Their destiny will be well and truly in their hands. Yeah. It's a difficult sort of mental block to get over, I guess, if you're a team who used to be on the on the wrong side of that. But yeah, I think this is going to be a shootout. The Pittsburgh be bad. Um, and then are going to have to try and keep up with the Bengals because I think they're going to be ticking along. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that means points for everyone. Um, but yeah, I think um, they will win the Bengals, and I think they'll get over the hump and I think they'll go on to win the AFC North. I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah. the, the narrative, I think, if you, you know, if you look to the first couple of weeks, obviously the narrative is that Cincinnati will finally finally get over the hump and can they do it? Obviously Joe Hayden will have to shadow uh, AJ Green to try and keep him quiet, but then obviously the the, the other guys, John Ross, Tyler Boyd, need to step up and it's just about whether they can do it. And obviously, Joe Mixon, the star there in the backfield. Um, yeah, he, Pittsburgh are usually quite good against the against the run uh, running backs, um, but obviously Joe Mixon's a bit of a stud. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the running backs both, on both sides uh, fare in this game because the Cincinnati front 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 line also is, is pretty decent as well. But yeah, looking forward to this one uh, as well. Let's move on to the London game. Obviously, Seattle uh, at Oakland is the official title of the, of the game Seattle Seahawks minus two and a half uh, over under here is 48.5 this one could be a high scorer um, but I can just see obviously Seattle off the back of their decent showing last week against the Rams at home I, th- I think they will have too much for Oakland Seattle travelled over a day earlier than Oakland which I think is a bit telling as well I think the, t- the team that comes over a bit earlier usually does a, is, usually fares well uh, against the team that, that comes over a bit later but I, I, I expect a Seattle uh, easy win here for Seattle yeah, I expect um, I expect to see Seattle win. I don't think it'll be a high score. I think this will be quite a low scorer. Uh, for me, I don't think it's the greatest game to kick off the international series. No. Um, I'm just, although I'm sure there's plenty of Raiders fans in the UK. I'm sure there's loads of Seattle bandwagoners that are still hanging around. Still some genuine Seahawks fans, of course. Uh, and it'll also be good for them to watch the team. I, I'm in that position uh, next week. I'm obviously going to Wembley to watch Chargers, so I'm really looking forward to that. So that's obviously going to be a great experience for everyone. But on the field, uh, the Raiders were really poor against the Chargers last week. I expect uh, Seattle to, to do just that. Uh, what the Chargers did, uh, maybe in a lesser manner, though. Um, and, yeah, they're a bit better than I expected this year, the Seattle, so I'm expecting them to take it. But I don't expect this to be a good game. I don't expect it to be high-scoring. Um, Russell Wilson, maybe Tyler Lockett, maybe the Seattle defence, a few starters. Uh, I wouldn't pick anyone but Oakland on this one, though. No. No, no, I would. Well, it's obviously a Marshawn Lynch revenge game, so I think he'll want the ball a hell of a lot. So, from a volume perspective, you can you can fire up Marshawn Lynch, no problem. Obviously, if they get 
they get uh, out to an early lead Seattle. Obviously, in that, that, the game script might rule him out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like Lockett, I think he's become main, make the main guy uh, in Seattle. Obviously, the start of the season, Doug Baldwin is a risky player at best for fantasy teams. Obviously, he had one catch for one yard last week, so he can't really be trusted. Although so it's a proper bounce back spot for him potentially, so he could be a buy low kind of candidate. Um, but yeah, again, it's just it's not it's not the greatest. I think it's probably the worst of the three games we're getting in London this year. Um, but yeah, it should be should be should be fun nonetheless. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, just on Doug, I think he had a knee injury didn't he, to start the season, so yeah. I think that's hampered him um, starting off so far. Yeah, I expect him to get stronger as the season go on. He's a top quality receiver. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, has definitely become the the main guy. Uh, you know, at the moment, but I expect that to sort of even itself out as the season goes on. Um, like you say. Buy low, get dug in maybe on the uh, if, if he's been dropped on waivers or if you can get him in on trade for free uh, you know, for like a low value. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I think he'll get better as the season goes on and you'll reap what you've sold there. Yeah, I mean last week was a bit of a weird one because the Seattle ran the ball over thirty times last week, which is unheard of for them uh, over the last couple of years. I think Russell Wilson only threw the ball twenty one times, so uh, made thirteen completions. So there wasn't a lot of targets to go and catches to go around anyway. So uh, yeah, potentially a good spot for Doug Baldwin. Uh, he, he said full practices this week, and he actually played I think over eighty five percent of snaps uh, last week against the Rams. So you know he's, he's there. He's, he's been getting open on routes as well because I went back and watched it. He's actually getting open on on some of the routes. Uh, on, he was he's wide open on one of the David Moore touchdown routes as well. So. Yeah, obviously that's gone under the radar a little bit, and everyone's obviously down on Dougie because of his, you know, the narrative of the injury. But um, yeah, stay stay with him. I think uh, stay with him for another week. If you can't if you can't do it this week, then I think you can probably just uh, you can probably chuck him a little bit. But um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the London game international series. Um, hope you enjoy, everyone that's going to it. I hope you enjoy it and take loads of pictures. Try and find try and find a Seattle fan that's not wearing a, a twelve, a Lynch or a Russell Wilson shirt, and you're you know you'll do well. Um, let's move on to the final six o'clock <laughs> final six o'clock game NFC South Tampa Bay at Atlanta another shootout over under here is 57 uh, Devonta Freeman has already been ruled out for this game with a bone contusion in his foot um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers three point underdogs yeah this is going to be another shootout again uh, neither team has been very good defensively so far um, Atlanta obviously like we've, we've mentioned a couple of times now uh, missing big players in their defence uh, I've seen that Jay, uh, Grady Jarrett's been ruled out I think for this game uh, even at this early stage I can't remember his injury but I'm pretty sure he's out uh, but looking over to the Bucks, obviously the Vulcans have struggled mightily against uh, receiving out of the backfield so if there was ever a game for Ronald Jones to kickstart his yeah. NFL career yeah. I think this will be um, obviously it's still very early days I'm not going to call, call sort of call him a bust after you know, five or six games, um, but this is, if this is a game that he should have so called and, you know, want to sort of kickstart his career, as I say. But I expect this, um, the Falcons to take this. Um, those two wins for the Bucks are going to seem like quite a long time ago after this. Mm. And I expect a certain Julio Jones to have quite a big game. He's gone over 200 yards before against the Bucks, yeah. and I won't be surprised that happens again. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a couple of touchdowns as well. This could be, this could be really big for him. Yeah. Yeah, if he, again, he's another one. If he doesn't do it in this game, then uh, all hope is lost. Uh, but yeah, pretty much start everyone on, in in this game. Really like the Ronald Jones shout as the contrarian play DFS. He's going to be really low uh, in price there. And obviously, he's probably on most people waivers. Uh, the bust, obviously, is not Ronald Jones. It's Rashad Penny. Um, but yeah, really like this. Can be going to be a big, big scoring game. Loads of loads of points. James Winston uh, again could be another one on waivers. Go pick him up. He's going to get loads of points. Uh, pretty much everyone's going to get loads of points in this one. So I don't think there's really too much else to say. Um, so we'll move on 
to the nine o'clock games, uh, Rams at Broncos. Um, if anything, if last week's anything to go by, Todd Gurley's going to have himself a game, another hat trick maybe as well. Uh, but obviously, Denver, obviously, they have a decent home field advantage, obviously, playing in altitude. But the Rams, seven point favourites, 52 points over under. Um, I think this could be another lopsided contest. Um, like I said, it's going to be a bit of a theme of the week, I think. Things going to be quite a lot of points scored this week. Uh, I, can't, I really can't back anyone against the Rams at the moment. Uh, I know they're not perfect. Uh, they're definitely like defensive uh, you know, chinks in their defensive armour. But I don't think Case Keenum's the, the QB who's going to sort of expose those no. uh, weaknesses. Uh, the LA passing attack, I think, will have another big, ga- a big game. As long as Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks come through those concussion protocols. Uh, as you said, Todd Gurley again. You, you just can't see anything but touchdowns to him at the moment. So, yeah, start start everything uh, in a Rams uniform that you can that is healthy. I would say, <laughs> including the sheep out in the field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks left the game last week with concussions. I think they're both optimistic and should be okay, which obviously means full steam ahead uh, for those Rams. Denver Broncos not really interested in anyone. Uh, maybe Philip Lindsay PPR obviously he's big, he's game script proof Royce Freeman if the Rams get out to a big lead Royce Freeman's going to be um, invisible yeah again expect an easy Rams victory be interesting to see if if they suffer a bit of a hangover off, obviously after the tough game last weekend away to uh, Seattle going away twice twice in two weeks in the NFL is quite difficult uh, especially to Seattle and Denver as those two those two venues are a bit different to the norm. Uh, let's move on to Baltimore at Tennessee. Baltimore, two and a half point favourites. The over-under here, quite low, 41.5. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a slog, this one. Yeah, I think so. It's not not the prettiest game, is it, no. on the face of it. Um, but actually, just as a little wrinkle to this, I think this is potentially quite meaningful uh, when it comes to the business end of the season. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, you know, with tiebreaker implications come playoff time, so obviously, these aren't, the, these aren't the two of the best teams in, in the AFC. And in a pretty average AFC, um, there's going to be quite a lot of teams come the end of the year who are sitting around 8-8, eight and eight, mm-hmm. between 8-8 eight and 10-6. Eight and, ten and six. So yeah. wild cards are going to come down head-to-heads for yeah. those teams who don't win the divisions with those records. Um, and these teams are in those ranges for me. So this could be you know, something that we look back on and it's going to matter for playoffs. Um I don't know, avoid, avoid everyone, I think, for this one. This isn't going to be high scoring. I don't think it's going to be pretty. No. Uh, if you had to put a gun to my head, I've, I've, I guess I'm sort of invested in the Titans now with how much I've, I've hyped them up, so I kind of have to back them. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not one that I'm going to be watching. No, not, I wouldn't start many on, on fantasy here either. John Brown obviously had a decent season, but this t- Tennessee defence are decent. Tennessee are decent at home. Obviously, they knocked off the Philadelphia Eagles last time. Uh, they were, were at home. And Baltimore, Joe Flacco didn't have the greatest of games last week, obviously, against the... Who did they play? The Browns. And again, I think, I think yeah, they're, I think they're travelling twice in two weeks as well. So again, that's that's another thing against them. But I think this is just going to be a slog. I really wouldn't probably be starting anyone in this game, maybe apart from the defences. Uh, and that's all she wrote on that one, I suppose. So let's move on to the final game of the late games. Jacksonville go travel to Dallas in what should be another slog uh, and just run, 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 run. Uh, Dallas three point underdogs over under here forty point five. I think this is going to be a really low scoring game. This one maybe over under thirty. Oh, I, I think this could be under twenty. I honestly <laughs> do. Um, like you said, it's just it's just going to be sort of run run defense defense. Yeah. Um, you know, if if everyone sort of had sort of a points fest at the uh, six o'clock UK time games, uh, people are going to start turning off before ten o'clock. I think mm-hmm. with these later games. 
with the Jags Cowboys, obviously the ones that we've, we've just mentioned. Yeah. Um, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this by default because we've got the bare defense, but whatever the under is, just back it. Because I think this could genuinely be like 10-9 or 10-6. Yeah. Just avoid everyone. Uh, defenses maybe, it's going to be some turnovers, uh, but Dak, as much as he doesn't throw yards and doesn't really do a great deal, doesn't actually throw that many picks no. or make that many mistakes. It's just really boring. Um, yeah. Hopefully Blake's Blake's partial, and that we, as we both agreed on, uh, the Dallas front seven is pretty decent. Uh, but yeah, this is this is going to be boring. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to go to bed early, well, go to sleep, well I'll be I'll, I'll be watching it. So at least there's one person watching it. Um, well, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty of Cowboys fans watching it. I'm sure there's plenty of Jags fans in the UK of it watching it. Yeah, but it's probably not going to be your, your sort of uh, favorite game of the year. I don't think. Yeah, my wife's going to watch it as well. She's an adopted Jacksonville Jaguars fan, so we'll look forward to biting our heads when 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 it comes to game time. Um, but yeah, I think anything that's stopping the overs, uh, sorry, the unders here is maybe you know the defenses are so good, maybe you get strip sack fumbles or pick sixes and and or you know short field situations that are punched in. Uh, for touchdowns as well, so obviously just be aware of that. Obviously, two good defenses that can happen, um, but I'm, I'm quite I'm quite confident the front seven can get after Blake Balls and Balls can be a pumpkin. Um, but in stark contrast, the highest uh, over under of the week is the Sunday night football Kansas City Chiefs uh, looking to replicate what they did week one in 2017 uh, against the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Foxborough um, Patriots are three point favourites. Over under here is 59.5, the highest of the season. Nine. Yeah, that's, that's about right, I would say, to be fair. That is, this is going to be like a no-defence game. Uh, the old master versus the young pretender. There's a lot of storylines in this. Uh, you know, Belichick versus Andy Reid, obviously two of the sort of more tenured and you know, uh, successful coaches in the regular season, at least. Uh, but Bill Belichick always gets the, the better of a young QB and don't expect this to be any different. I would expect the Pats to take this. Uh, I think it'd be a high scorer. Um which at the start of the season, I wouldn't have said, because they had no Sonny Michelle through injury, no Julian Edelman through suspension, and no Josh Gordon through being a Brown. Um, and I would have, I would have backed the Pats without them if it had played sort of in the first few weeks. But now it's sort of more of a level playing field, and the Pats are going to click into gear, and they're only going to get better and better from here, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, start everyone. I think this is going to be, uh, you know, not the defence, obviously, but start everyone uh, who can playmaker-wise. I think this is going to be an absolute barn burner. Yep, should be gone for those that stay up and watch it. Um, yeah, looking forward to that one. And then for, running us off Monday Night Football, San Francisco 49ers are 9.5 underdogs travel to Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers. Over under here is 46.5. Obviously the news, uh, Aaron Rodgers may have tweaked his, his knee this week uh, or has not, maybe not progressed as, as well as he had hoped. So it might be worth playing the, the 49ers, but I'm going to leave this game alone. Uh, but I still expect Packers win maybe. Yeah, I would. It's a tale of two in the isn't it? Obviously, yeah. Sam's obviously missing Garoppolo completely, and although he's hindered and maybe, like you say, hindered a little bit more, Aaron Rodgers is still going to be out there for the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers at sixty percent is still better than Deshaun Kaiser at one hundred percent. But this is another, this is another another thing about this. Is the, the Packers season is beginning to sort of slip away from them after lost the line. It's a big one for Green Bay. Uh, I think they'll come through it. I just don't expect it to be pretty. Uh, there might be a few lead changes, but in the big moments with you know seasons potentially on the line, I just can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. And just thinking that, just moving towards starts and sits with that. Um, in the big moments, Aaron Rodgers looks for number seventeen. That's Devonta Adams. So I think he's a big start for this one. Yeah, certainly agree there. Uh, yeah, say George on the San Francisco 49ers side, just George Kittle for me, really. 
Um, Alfred Morris, obviously, is going to be the lead dog there with uh, and Carl Huschek as well for PPR guys. Obviously, with Jared McKinnon and Matt Brady. Obviously, I think I think Matt Brady has been has he been ruled out this this week? I think he's questionable, but he's not he's not looking he's not looking good. I don't think so. I wouldn't say, but obviously, we, we, oh, I mentioned um, Carl Huschek in our podcast earlier on in the week yeah. uh, for our start uh, our waivers. So we got him get him in there. Because you know he's not going to get the carries as I said. He's not going to get the load of touches. He's not going to get twenty carries or anything like that. But he's using creative ways. He can break up a big play and score a touchdown. And you know he, he might come up trumps for you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, as I say, I don't really considering how bad the Packers have been in terms of the win loss column already this season. I don't think they'll they'll be able to to let this one slip as well. Um, but you never know. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Monday night football. Um, yeah, we shall see. But that pretty much wraps us up for week six. Um, next up, Kicker's Corner. Right, hi everyone. Um, this is the Kicker's Corner <laughs> with the Kicker's Matter Fantasy <laughs> Football Podcast. Ooh, we're here. He's moved his caravan around, so we're going to give you our hits and misses um, for the Kickers this week, week six. So, Steve, let's start again with week six. Who's out here? The hit for me is Harrison Butker of the Kansas City Chiefs up against the Patriots this week. Patriots all about bend, don't break, so they give up a lot of yards in the middle, but allow... Um, Tends to move more to field goals, so I've got a fan- sneaky feeling that Butker will be kicking more field goals than Mahomes will be throwing TDs. Um, well, that's what I'm hoping anyway. Um, Jamie, over to you for our miss of the week. And the kick is no good. Uh, we're going for the Chargers kicker at Cle- against Cleveland, Caleb Sturgis. Uh, he, he's basically turd. In just in total general terms, he is turd, so he will now be known as Caleb Turgis from us. So that is the miss of the week. They should have kept Robbie Aguirre. Oh, yes. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. You can find us on at kickers underscore better. Cheers, guys. Bye. Okay, it's that time of week where we try and win you some keys. And of course, we have Adam Wolford of Touchdown Tips to join us, and no doubt reveling um, with the size of his wallet, ju- judging on his bets from last week. Uh, Adam, welcome you in. Obviously, have you spent all the uh, David Moore winnings yet? That has pretty much gone. Yes. <laughs> very nice. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, the uh, fourteen to one anytime and five hundred to one for two or more. Oh. I woke up at about. Half 12 that night, checked my account and had £1,300 in there. So not a bad Sunday night at all. No. Did you, when, you, when you looked at your, your account, did you wonder why there were so many numbers there? Um, I had three messages from people on Twitter who obviously knew that I had betted on David Moore anytime saying, I hope you went for two or more. <laughs> so I had an inkling. But yeah, even so, having having that much in there. Mm. Uh, fortunately, I kept Paddy Sweet by giving him 300 quid back on the Texans game. Ugh. I went for everyone other than Kiki Kuti. Oh, bloody hell. Um, yeah, because obviously last week, our week five bets, apart from your David Moore, pretty much every bet we recommended, uh, apart from the naps and uh, next bests and all those, you know, we were pretty useless last week. But 16-1 uh, winner, 
uh, and an outsider any time. We'll, we'll cover you for the whole for the whole year, and that's even put you back in the black for the year. So yeah, covered up for my exactly. Bad week. <laughs> yeah, Good yeah. Week. Obviously, I've been pretty awful, but like you said, the next best I hit the uh, over fifty seven and a half for John Brown. I think he got 40, 58. He did, yeah. So yeah, I, um, that. I hit that by half a yard. Half a yard. We take it. Now we take it. Yeah, but let's say the, um, as long as the naps and the next bests are coming in and say we're on a bit of a roll uh, with those. And both of our upsets of the week, Arizona and Minnesota both winning as well. So not a, not too bad a week overall. Uh, on the on the week, I think we're over a, a fiver up um, you know, all, if, to, to level stakes. So that's not too bad. So let's roll uh, straight into to week six then. So let's start off, as we always do with your money line. My money line is the Bears, the Steelers, and the Falcons. The Bears are coming off their bye week, traveling to Miami. Not an easy place to go with the heat at this time of year, and apparently the hurricane is avoiding it, so we should be okay. So um, I think the Bears' defensive line is going to kill the um, Dolphins' offensive line. Yeah. Uh, they do have Laramie Tunsil playing, which is good for them, yeah. but... Even so, Khalil Mack's going to kill them. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, unfortunately, being a Bengals fan, I have to be realistic with this. I think the Steelers will beat us. We never, ever beat the Steelers. And Big Ben has some ridiculous stats in Ohio. Mm. Admittedly, he does get to play Cleveland in Ohio. But he <laughs> is 25-4-1 and one in the state of Ohio mm. over the last 30 games he's played there. So I think the Steelers will beat us. Yeah. <clears throat> don't tell anyone on the uh, Bengals UK page yeah, that's, and that's, that's the simple. Panthers and the Falcons are home to the Buccaneers I just think they're the better team uh, it's 4-1 to one for my money line treble yeah not too bad I mean that's, that's shocking from you uh, going, for, for, going for Pittsburgh um, money's, money's money money's money yeah, absolutely yeah yeah it's quite, it's quite, if you had to rank these three in order what would you go for would you go for money in your wallet your, your, uh, your NFL team winning or your fantasy team winning NFL team winning. Or what? Well, yeah, but you've just gone. Yeah, but you've just gone Pittsburgh. Yeah, but actually, <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm just covering myself so that if I do get the pain, at least I get something from it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, well, I, I went Carolina week one against Dallas, but yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Some, I think when when you're betting the uh, the golden rule is obviously not to let your heart rule your head. You have to, you know, you have to think irrational, uh, think rationally about it and. And then you know go 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 with the sensible money, but yeah, that's not too bad. Four to one for a, for a treble there. So I've I've gone for one of the same teams. I really like Chicago this week. Like say, uh, Tunsil was out with the come out with a concussion, but he yeah, should be good to go. But that left side of the offensive line there for Miami could uh, could just have nightmares with Khalil Mack. And I, I say I just think Chicago off the bye will overpower uh, Miami, who are starting to show their their true colours there, um, even if they are at home. But the other other ones I've gone for, so I've gone for a fivefold. I've gone for Seattle uh, in London, obviously, to beat the Raiders. Just think that's just you know Seattle played admirably at home last week uh, against the Rams. I think they're a team that are improving. Ryan Schottenheimer has gotten them into a bit of a groove uh, on the on the running game. They ran over for, for thirty odd times last week, which is unu- usually unheard of for a Seattle for a Seattle team. Russell Wilson not throwing the ball much at all, and I don't think he, he didn't even scramble last week either. So um, yeah, it's quite an interesting stat there. So they're starting to get things rolling in. Seattle uh, defense playing a bit better as well. Um, going for Minnesota to to follow up their win last week against Philadelphia. 
Uh, a couple of shorties, Minnesota, uh, Houston, and the Rams uh, away to Denver. Denver are just hot garbage. Um, I think all the wide receivers for the Rams should be okay. But even in Denver, I think the Rams should uh, should have more than enough quality. Who you know, Denver have just been absolutely thwarted, absolutely demolished by the Jets. Um, so those five there, just over, just under four and a half to one there with uh, Betfair. So that's my five. So let's go to the uh, handicap trouble then, Adam. Who have you got? Um, just a word on the Denver game. It could be snowing. That's yeah, what, what I saw put that. me off that one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, it's just a little bit of a worry. And the same with um, Seattle. Um, obviously, not snowing over here, no. but London games are just weird. So I, I avoided that one. I, I do think Seattle will win. I think they're the better team, but yeah. it was um, a bit of a worry for me. Cool. Uh, yes. So for this one, I have the Panthers plus two, the Steelers plus two. And it was a toss-up between two of them. Uh, but I think I've gone with the Falcons minus three. Um, so you've got Panthers going into Washington. Uh, Washington have Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson, both officially questionable. Both expected to play, but both banged up. And I think, personally, the Panthers are the better team anyway. So I'll take them with the points in Washington. Uh, the Falcons, as I mentioned, I think they're the better team against the Bucks, And I'll... I'll I'll cover the three. And the Steelers, again, if mm. I think they're going to win money line, then them getting two points is a kind of go-to bet for me, unfortunately. So mm. that's six to one for those three. The reason I didn't go for the Bills was that it's the Bills. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just can't trust them even plus ten. Yeah, Panthers, the Panthers game is a bit of a weird one. Obviously, Panthers off the back of a bye and uh, Washington get absolutely embarrassed there in New Orleans. It's a bit of a weird one. It's a bit of a weird line. Uh, some might argue that Panthers should be favourites because they are the better team. But yeah, Washington at home, kind of a bit of a different animal. Uh, Peterson, obviously, uh, I think he had a, he's got a strained shoulder, uh, a strained shoulder. But we'll have to see. Yeah, but yeah, I don't mind that. Um, not a fan of the the Steelers one. I, I think I think you're 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 putting your your, your Bengals down a bit too much there. But um, we, we shall see. Come Sunday, uh, the three I've gone for, I've gone for Seattle minus three. I just think they're going to wallop Oakland, uh, London. I don't think it's going to be a, a great game. Um, Seattle, I just think we'll, we'll have too much for Oakland and Oakland are just trash, hot garbage. Um, and then a couple receiving a couple of points, Dallas plus three. Uh, I think in a game where, you know, probably going to be under, 30, uh, under 25, 30 points. So where you're getting three points, uh, I'm going to take that all day, no matter who the teams are. Uh, I'm not being a homer there, but uh, I think it should be a bit closer. It could be... Um, it's going to be well within uh, a field goal game. So uh, I'd be surprised to see if anyone wins by more than three. So happy to take Dallas plus three there. And then Sunday Night Football, Kansas City are going to go into Foxborough and cover the 3.5 there. I think, again, could be quite easily be uh, a field goal game. So to get that extra 0.5 gives you the win rather than the push. But also, you know, we know how hot Kansas City are. They absolutely trounced New England Patriots opening night last year. And Patrick Mahomes could still be, you know, quite hot. And, you know, I don't care if it's New England. I don't care if it's at Foxborough. You know, Patrick Mahomes seems to be liking the big stage at the moment. And I think he can just keep things rolling. Um, I think I saw, I saw one stat earlier today, actually. All quarterbacks that are, uh, all quarterbacks that have played in Foxborough, away teams that are um, quarterbacks under at the age of 25, only one one quarterback has come away with a win, I think, in about 25 games. Do you want to have a guess at the yeah, quarterback? I know who it is, so uh, uh, it won't be a guess. Yeah, I've um, I retweeted that stat like three times with uh, different things. There was uh, Mr. Colin Kaepernick, obviously, yeah. is the answer to that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there was one saying, hang on, 
Julian Edelman and Tom Brady have never lost a game to an AFC opponent at Gillette Stadium in a game they've both played there, 36-0. and zero. Mm, There you go. And then your QB stat was, like you said, was <laughs> paid, uh, quarterbacks 25 or under are uh, 1-41 and 41 all-time in games at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. And against Brady slash Belichick is zero and eleven. Mm. So there's uh, there's some uh, big balls on you there picking yeah. up the, yeah. uh, the teams for it. Going into the fire. I'm going in. I'm going in. Head you down. Right gear on. Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes takes no prisoners. Plus three and a half. That the uh, treble there. Just under six to one there with uh, with Betway. So. They're my three that are ultimately not probably going to win, but uh, we'll give it a good go. Uh, let's move on to total points treble then, Adam. Who you got? My totals, I have the Jets versus Colts uh, over 45.5. There was one that I, I might I might pivot onto, but I'll, I'll keep it as I've got. I have the Chargers versus Cleveland Browns under 45. And I've got the Titans versus Ravens under 41.5. That's about 6-1 to one for all of them. Um, not really got that much justification for them, to be honest. <laughs> the Colts v Jets. The Colts seem to be involved in high-scoring games. I, I don't. I think they have a decent defense, but there seems to be just high-scoring games between them. Mm. The Chargers and the Browns. The Browns have been really quite tight all season, so I think forty-five is quite a high line. And the Titans and the Ravens, both of them, have extremely good defenses. I yeah. think they're both top five um, at home and on the road, respectively. Mm. So that's about six to one for the totals on them. The one I was looking at pivoting after you mentioned about the um, Cowboys and their low total was the Bills and the Texans. Mm. Um, that's under forty-one. I would have gone because ten-point underdogs and under under forty-one doesn't seems to suggest that they think it's going to be very low scoring, but. Mm. Yeah, I'll stick to the three I went with. Yeah, it's always funny when you get the uh, yeah. If you if you've got low to, low low total points like that, forties, you, you've always got to take. You can't you can't then go and take Houston minus ten. Um, just just on on those two markets alone, you you, you have to take. If you think it's gonna be, if you're going under, you can't. You, you have to go Bills because you know how yep. you can't have both. You can't you know contradicting yourself. It's catch twenty two. It's either gonna go under and you're gonna lose the pretty much lose the handicap, or you're gonna be very lucky if it if it you know works both in your favour. Um, but yeah, no, you should you should be going uh, Buffalo plus if you're if you're going on the under in that game. The three I've gone exactly. for. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the three I've gone for. I agree with you on one. Uh, I've gone under in the Chargers Cleveland game. Uh, it's not going to be the greatest conditions. It's not going to be hardly um, Hurricane Michael, but um, yeah, again, it's going to be clearly so higher weather in October and, and November. It's going to it's, it's quite bad. Um, and Chargers, Cleveland have got a, a really good defense. At the end of the day, uh, they've shut down quite a lot of good teams this year, including New Orleans in New Orleans. So um, yeah, I think the Chargers might struggle a little bit, and it could just turn into a bit of a running game. Uh, and say Cleveland have just come off the back of a 12-9 win, um, and not, have not scored many points really this season, apart from the Oakland Raiders game. So I've gone over under 45 uh, there, over over 56 and a half in the Tampa Bay Atlanta game. It's going to be points all over the place because these defenses are, are hot garbage. And finally, I've gone under in the Dallas Jacksonville game. As I said before, I, th- I think it's going to be. Yeah, be lucky to reach 30s with these two defenses. The only way it's going to go over, I think, is if you know the defenses create the turnovers, like the fumbles, and get short field uh, for for the offense there. So, um, I think it's just going to be a bit of a slog. You're just going to run the ball all day long with Zeke and uh, T.J. Yeldon. 
So, yeah, I, I don't see many points. You know, not many games this season. Dallas has scored a lot of points themselves, and they're usually they're really good at limiting the opposing offences to, to points there. So those three there, just four four 4.761 uh, to one there with a bet 365. So just a, a quarter under five to one there. So um, Nice. That's me, yeah, me total points. And so we will post all these up on the website, fourteenyards.com forward slash punting. And you can look back all over the weeks uh, that, that we've we've done. There's a running totals there, so you can see our profit and loss, who done well, and, and what bets we hit on and what bets we didn't. But let's move on, Adam, to uh, anytime touchdown scorers. Who have you gone for this week? <coughs> um, I am going for Carlos Hyde, uh, a shade over evens, 11 to 10. I have uh, Chris Carson, 2 to 1 for the Seahawks. Obviously, you think that they're going to win the game and win it quite easily. So, and as you said, they've been running a heck of a lot. Mm. So to get two two to one for him, I think is really good. Mm. And um, it's been a running theme through this. Uh, I've gone for Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster, 11-8 to eight against my Bengals. I think that William Jackson should shut down Antonio Brown like he has done last couple of times they've played each other, which means... So Juju, if he doesn't get murdered by Vontaze Perfect in the first few minutes, he should get a lot of the ball, and he's um, a decent red zone threat for them. Mm, yeah, like it. Um, so uh, I, is it just sorry, those three? Go yeah, go on. What's the, what's the treble payout? Uh, that was, I believe, hang on, I've written it down somewhere, about 12 to 1 on Unibet. 12 to 1, nice one. Cool. Okay, so I have gone for... I haven't got any prices. I haven't been able to get the uh, treble price for this because the Atlanta game, uh, just a word of warning, obviously we'll mention this, we mentioned this with the uh, with Lee in the podcast, but Devontae Freeman is obviously out for the Atlanta Falcons, so the prices there for the time touchdown scorers are just being rejiggled a little bit uh, with most bookies, so I couldn't get a, a treble with some firms. But uh, Julio Jones, I think I'm going to go double down or treble down or whatever it is. I've lost, I've lost all my money on him uh, so far this season. Obviously chasing that, chasing that touchdown. But surely, surely to God, the stats for Julio Jones against Tampa Bay in his career are mind-bogglingly good. And if he doesn't get a touchdown this week, he is dead to me, to be quite honest. Um, so yeah, just have to wait for prices on on Julio. But I think he's going to have a big monster today for fantasy in yardage. Uh, I, I would even back him for two touchdowns and three touchdowns uh, in this game because he usually gets it in bunches, kind of like Keenan Allen, Allen uh, a little bit in that respect. Uh, and the other two I've gone for all Jays today, all this this week. Uh, Julio Jones. I've gone for Jordan Howard against the Miami Dolphins. Again, I think they'll have a favourable game script. I know Jordan Howard didn't get much before the bye week there against Tampa Bay, but again, that was game script. Um, so I, I expect normal service to resume, and Miami can't really defend the run. Uh, they're much better through the air, so I think they'll they'll utilise the ground game quite a lot. Um, and uh, James White to finish it off. I think he's just a shade of odds on. Uh, for if you want to do your singles uh, against Kansas City, it's going to be a high-scoring game. And James White is, you know, he's, he's been the star this season. I know he's due for a bit of maybe <clears throat> touchdown regression to the mean, but um, I'm just going to keep rolling with him whilst the uh, whilst he keeps scoring touchdowns. So um, watch out for the for the treble price on that one. Let's say when we post them up on Sunday, obviously a, a treble price will be available, but I can't quite a price at the moment. Yeah, I like the James Brown one. I um, James White. <laughs> James Brown. <laughs> De definitely. Don't, I mean, I, I feel I feel Brown. good. I feel good about it. But you know, hey, <laughs> hey. Nice. come for the tips, stay for the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that one. He is also oh, he's only nine to two to score two or more yeah. at the moment. Uh, while Paddy Power haven't got their odds up. Yeah. Um, I was gonna suggest going for that. Oh, actually, apologies. He does have. 
Market's up on Paddy Power, and he is a massive uh, five to one. Thirty seconds for half a point there, lovely stuff. Right, let's <laughs> let's move on to our uh, outsider. Any times who you got? Um, again, going against the Bengals. Uh, Jesse James, fifteen to two for any time uh, on Skybet. Uh, the Bengals have been pretty awful against the tight end this year, so uh, those odds. It probably will be Vance McDonald, but I think he was about ten to three, so I've gone for the slightly the bigger odds on him. Yeah. Uh, I have Niles Paul, uh, tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Austin Safarian Jenkins is out this week, yeah. and they've targeted the tight end. Sorry, ASJ is out for the whole season. Yeah, they've targeted the tight end. Yeah, they've targeted tight end. I think six times in the red zone. This season, ASJ's caught two. They've had um, Niles Paul and James O'Shaughnessy have both scored. Uh, both, sorry, had a target in the red zone. So if Niles Paul logically is going to get a couple more targets, I think 8-1 to one is a pretty decent bet on him. Yeah, and opposite him, Dak Prescott is 8-1 to one anytime. Uh, Jacksonville's obviously a very tough defense, which I think is why they've bumped up a lot of the um, Cowboys' prices, frankly. Mm, yeah. Um, but you normally get about ten to three for Dak Prescott anytime. Yeah, yeah. So eight to one, I think I can't turn down. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Love both of those. Uh, not, I'd probably still take Vance McDonald ten to three. But yeah, um, it's obviously split time there at tight end with uh, Vance McDonald and, and Jesse James. But um, yeah, we should see. I mean, I, mine, mine aren't that speculative. Uh, Chris Carson two to one, I consider an outsider price in terms of any times, uh, you know, generally they're about around the even money part. So Chris Carson, I just thought was a massive price. Um, quite like that, to be quite honest. And then the other one I've gone for, Patrick Mahomes, 100 to 30. Uh, I thought it was also slightly big for a game. You know, he's, he's quite mobile on his feet. He's scored a rushing touchdown more, you know, already this season. So 100 to 30 in a high scoring game, you know, you might, might take the, uh, what's the word? It might take the limelight. In Foxborough on Sunday Night Football, 130. I'm quite happy to take that. Just a two for me this week for outside of any times. So let's uh, before we go to our nap and next best, best should we just uh, disclose our upsets of the week? Yeah, my upset of the week will be the Colts uh, on the road in New York. The Colts have been very good, actually. And they've had an extended uh, rest period, given the 10 days from Thursday to yeah. uh, this Sunday. So... Yeah, I can see them upsetting the Jets. Jets obviously had a big win last week, um, which you can take either way. I think is either a positive or a negative. They could see that as they've had their big win. They'll relax a bit. Um, so hopefully the Colts will win at fifteen to thirteen. Oh, hey, cool. Uh, yeah, I've gone with Dallas again. Um, probably a bit of a homer pick, but don't they don't deserve to be three point favourites? And I can certainly see. Uh, that front seven getting after Blake Bortles, uh, no Leonard Fournette, so don't have to worry too much about the run game. And again, this de- this de- uh, Dallas defense, uh, I mean, it's the first time I've, I've probably said it in my whole NFL watching career. Um, I'm actually quite proud of that defense. I think they can get it done, maybe create some short fields, uh, hopefully for Dak Prescott. So then you have to move the, te- the ball 10 yards because that's usually what they do on most drives anyway. Um, so we're going to go with those at six to four. Um, nice. Right. Okay, so then all that leaves us to do is to continue the streak of the nap uh, and the next breasts. So what's your what's your nap this week? Uh, my nap, I've gone a little bit more simple than I normally do. I've just gone with the Falcons minus three points at about 10 to 11. Ooh. Interesting. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so we pretty much covered that as to why earlier in the in, in the segment. So I'm just going to go in mind. Seattle to beat Oakland at three to four. Uh, again, I just think Seattle are a much better team than Oakland. Uh, John Gruden doesn't seem to be bothered that they're one and four. To be quite honest, he's just picking up his ten million dollars uh, a year. So you know, I don't think he, I don't think he's too enamoured about coming over over to, to to the UK either. So I just think Seattle are going to take it a bit more seriously. Showed a bit of fire last week. Whether that was just because of the NFC West clash, I'm not too sure. But Seattle, from you know, for the whole whole roster wise, uh, are much better than this Oakland team. I don't rate Oakland at all. So I'm going to take Seattle to extend the nap streak this week. Uh, next best, and then let's wrap up with the next best. Uh, Seattle, as also, they've been here longer as well. They were training in the yep. country today, whereas the Raiders arrived today. And generally, with those kind of games, I take the people who have been here longer, just because obviously they've had a little bit longer to acclimatise. So I can't argue with you mm. on that one. Nice. Okay. Uh, my next best, I had a few from the um, yardage uh, bets that are available at the moment. I've gone with Duke Johnson Jr., uh, over 21.5 reception yards. On um, Skybet, he's 10 to 11 on there. Uh, just think it's going to be a tight game, mm. and I think they'll use the passing back quite a lot. Yeah, not bad. It's quite low for him as well, isn't it? Obviously, he's not been used as much this year than, than like maybe last year or year before, but yeah, it's quite low. Yeah, don't mind that whatsoever. Okay. Cool. Uh, so my one. Um, so I haven't got an, an exact yardage on this yet, but um, actually I might uh, could do Chris Carson Wincast. But now uh, we'll, we'll split it. We'll split split the uh, stakes. Uh, I've gone Hudo Jones over over total receiving yards. Uh, like I say, he's he's historically been done and fared very well against his Tampa Bay team, especially at home. Uh, this is the game he's going to go off. Uh, we we expect the yardage line to be around about ninety to ninety five. Um, I think he'll he'll end up having a monster game over hundred yards. So again, on Sunday when we post these up, prices will be attached and who you can get those with. But um, yeah, my next best is going to be Julio Jones to over over uh, on the yardage there for receiving, um, which you know, hopefully should be around the ninety mark. But we we shall see. Even if it's a hundred, I'll probably take over hundred. But I don't think many bookies will go over hundred on those types of markets. So that's my next best. So that pretty much just wraps us up for this week six. Um, feeling confident? Obviously, you're feeling very confident on the Bengals this week. <laughs> I know. Like I say, I, I may just be covering myself, and I, I may look very stupid with it. Um, it's going to be a horrible game for me personally to watch, just because as a fan, this is kind of the biggest game of the season. You've already waved so, the white flag. You've already given see. them the victory. Well, let's, like I say, I'm hoping. Obviously, I, if we win, brilliant. If we don't win, hopefully, I'll make some money on it. So I'm covering <laughs> both sides of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. That's uh, hopefully uh, quite a lot of those coming this week. Quite confident about quite a lot of those, actually. So we'll just have to wait and see. Good luck with all everyone else's bets, that, uh, all your listeners out there. Give us a tweet on some of the best bets that you've had for the week and some of your biggest winners. Obviously, you know, be, you'll struggle to get as high as uh, the heights of Adam did last week on David Moore. Um, but so, uh, yeah, we can we can only but try. But that's going to wrap it up for the uh, betting segments, Adam. We'll speak to you next week. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on again. Um, so let's move on to the eagerly anticipated Jason Garrett corner. <laughs> All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. Jerry plays you like a puppet. You really are a muppet. It's fourth and one, don't do it. Just clap your hands. There you go. 
So, fantastic. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Love it. That's that's staying every week. Um, so yeah, obviously this part of the uh, the podcast is going to have a new segment where we're just going to talk about maybe uh, a decision where someone's not done something right or a really bad call. Uh, and I suppose uh, considering Thursday Night Football has finished, just wanted to talk about obviously the much debated uh, Saquon Barkley pick at number two. Just a couple of minutes on, obviously. Eli Manning is is looking like hot garbage, and he's pretty much done for his career now. And he's probably the only person that's you know doing harm to his uh, Hall of Fame credentials. But obviously, you know, when draft time, obviously, we, we this is when we started the podcast saying that you know they should be taking a quarterback of the future and a running back, even if Saquon Barkley's calibre, despite his uh, Thursday night performance, is, is not going to turn a franchise around. And it's you know those those fruits are, are coming to fruition, aren't they? Yeah, so it's a really devalued uh, position at the moment in, in the draft. Obviously, the most important position in the sport and in the draft is the quarterback position. Uh, the Giants were in prime position to be able to take you know, a future franchise quarterback. Um, but they ended up taking you know, a, a very good running back uh, in Saquon Barkley. But it's not someone that's going to save your franchise. Um, they need a quarterback now. Eli's done, even if they didn't believe in him. Surely they can't now, even though they won't probably come out and say that. And they, they, you know, some people. It's been a debate that's been going on for the past couple of weeks. But it obviously depends which way you look at it. Um, the next quarterback class isn't as strong as the the, the one that's just been uh, with the four that went in the first round. That's not going to happen this this coming year. Uh, in the next year, but it depends on how you see public development. If the Giants can, you know, if they're going to pick in the top five, which they probably will again, they're probably going to pick a quarterback, and they've got to chuck him in and got to develop him. If that person can, you know. Uh, sort of be used in the right way and sort of Barkley can supplement the, the new quarterback then you might you might not do badly but you always get the quarterback first and then a pass rusher and running back is way down the line so yeah maybe not the best uh, the best draft strategy by the Giants no, I so say the edge. The edge these days is to get a quarterback on a on a cheap deal, build all the other bits that you know that, that your stars, and then go and win, win with a cheap quarterback. Obviously, Dallas is well renowned in uh, missing that boat, shall we say? Um, but yeah, obviously a strange decision. But uh, let's let's know what you think out there, listeners. Obviously. Uh, it's a well, it's a well debated topic, so I'd be glad to to hear your thoughts. But the, that that segment is is going to stay every week. So every time someone makes a stupid decision, and would just be best off standing on the sidelines, clapping their hands, they're going to go into the Jason Garrett corner. Um, that's that's pretty much going to wrap us up for the podcast. Lee, really enjoyed that one. Um, don't know if it was just because of the 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 heights of the Jason Garrett corner, um, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll good luck with all your your fantasy at the weekend, and we'll speak to you on Tuesday. Just, just a really quickly, just before we go. Yeah. Um, just thinking back to, it, just really quickly, anything that comes to your mind in previous. Obviously, we just started the Jason Garrett corner. Yeah. Um, thinking back to previous moments in the NFL, what would be the number one thing that would have gone into the Jason Garrett corner? Like, what's the most stupid thing that you can think of that's happened? Uh, running, run, throwing the ball on the one yard line rather than handing it off to Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, that'd be up there. That'd definitely be up there. The the, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, when Chuck Pagano ran that uh, that play for Indianapolis on that fake punt. I don't remember. Do you remember that? that? No, I don't remember that. I'd like to post it on the Twitter or something like that. Where they they tried to run a fake punt um, with everyone split out wide, and it was just oh yeah yeah yeah. I remember yeah yeah. Was it some sort of fake anyway? But that definitely enough for me. That's, that always stands out to me as one of the most stupid things. And I think it was against the Patriots as well. Like one of the most defensively savvy and switched on teams in the height of the Belichick era. 
Uh, and you're just never going to get fooled by that. And he, and he went for it and that, he just got buried, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so those two and, and anything Hugh Jackson does as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. So he he can he he probably he'll he'll live in Jack no, Jason Garrett's corner. I I think during the season, unless he gets fired, it might go and be renamed. Yeah, the, the it might have to bring up another song that has Hugh Jackson uh, in it. That, yeah. that, that that's a masterpiece. That's staying in at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna that's that's gonna wrap it up for for the, for the podcast this week. Um, Lee, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you on Monday. But um, yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Subscribe to us on Twitter for uh, on uh, you know wherever you get your podcasts from iTunes, Spotify, uh, and all other outlets as well. Uh, that's going to do it for the podcast today. So it's goodbye from Lee. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good weekend. Good luck with everything. Hope your team wins, apart from Browns fans. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. So in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.